Always. Marina, you good? Yeah, I'm very good. good. So I ain't got to get rid of Three. <laughs> I'm out of liquor, though. Two. Fine. I'm fine. One. Welcome to the Coastally Distinct Podcast. This is your boy, DJ KO. K-Jack is in the building. And uh, I'd like to welcome you guys back to the show. Uh, last week was a pretty good week. Uh, this week was a pretty good week. Single de Mayo caught up with me on, on this weekend. <laughs> uh, I was kind of... Well, it was Mother's Day also it took last three weekend, days right? To catch you? Yeah. Oh, it, you did good, brother. I had enough, you know. I had enough uh, adult beverages. You were out there. It didn't catch you for three days. You was in that. Thing. Then Mother's Day, you know, I was working so hard. I was What'd slaving you do for in Mother's the kitchen. Day? I cooked all day. You didn't even wish me a happy Mother's Day. I did. You did not. Happy Mother's. Day. I'm sorry. It, it's happy belated. Mm. It's a so, belated happy, but okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So anyway, guys, I know it's your heart for all the mothers out mind, there. Not your heart. I want to wish you guys happy Mother's Day. I'm sorry I'm late, but mm. don't charge it to my head. How I say it? Don't charge it to my I head. Charge it to my you. heart. I charged your head, not oh, your okay. heart. Oh, okay. One of them. Anyway. Stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today we have a special guest in the building today. Uh, this young lady, she's an HBCU graduate. She's a attorney here in the Houston area. Uh, she's a California native. Everybody, welcome to the show, Miss Marina Banks. Clap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. How you doing today, Marina? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, uh, I appreciate you for coming. Yeah, I always love you know when I can come somewhere to share education, share yes. knowledge, help our people. So, Marina, tell the people who who is Marina Banks. Yes, so I am a licensed attorney in the Houston area. Um, I practice business law, so that covers uh, making sure that small businesses and entrepreneurs have legally sound foundations um, by filing LLCs, nonprofit corporations, um, making sure that their contracts are going to protect them. Um, and so reviewing contracts that may be entering, drafting contracts to use for their business. Um, and, you know, like such as this, like podcasts are such a huge thing right now, mm-hmm. making sure that you have like media agreements to use. Like who's going to own the rights to whatever the finished product is, right? Can I utilize it? Could I possibly sell it if, you know, you brought me on your show? Um, and then also making sure that I can protect what people are building through trademarks and copyrights. So I'm glad you're here because... I'm gonna pick your brain. I'm gonna give. You, <laughs> hope you don't charge. Don't invoice me a retainer after the show. You know what I'm saying? Eric, get your call. But because uh, <laughs> he's gonna charge. <laughs> so I wanted before we even get into you know all the other stuff for us with the uh, the legal ter- legal jargon, legal terminologies. How did you like? What what was your passion behind it? Like how why did you go to school? Because most people you know that's well most people that's 18 years old go to college. They they don't have a major unless they say okay oh, I'm gonna be a nurse. I'm gonna be a doctor. Mm-hmm engineer yeah so actually I was told from a young age like you're going to be an attorney and I tried to like steer away from it um but while I was in undergrad at the illustrious Dillard University in New Orleans Louisiana shout out Dillard um, (laughs) (laughs) I interned at the New Orleans Public Defender's Office for five months and I thought that I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney um and it was actually so emotionally draining for me to be in New Orleans and see black males shackled by chains orange jumpsuits every single day And I was like, there has to be a better way, you know, for us to live life, for us to make a living. Because the reality is that once you get incarcerated, it's very hard to get a profitable job. Mm -hmm. So you end up finding yourself committing illegal acts in order to have money to make a living. Right. My whole goal then became, how can I help people before they get to this point? Because what I saw was that people who were 18, 19 years old already had a rap sheet by the Mm -hmm. time they were coming before the judge for that charge. Um, And so my focus became more so based on how can I help people 
find a, a better way to live. When I got to Houston, um, I originally started out as an assistant city attorney for the city of Houston doing okay. contracts. Um, and I realized that um, in interacting with the contracts that came through, um, there weren't a lot of minority businesses. And Councilman uh, Edward Pollard, he's he's on council right now, his biggest thing has been trying to get more minority contractors, mm -hmm. yeah. contracts with the city. Um, COVID hit and we saw a rise in people who look like you and I yes. starting businesses. And so I really use that as an opportunity to try to just educate. Here's, here's how to do it the legal way, right? Here's how to start your business. Um, it ended up being that a lot of people really enjoyed getting this information. Um, and so, you know, I really started to grow my business to the point where I'm able to now do it full time, where I'm able to educate through social media. Um, you know, what does it mean to have a business? How do you file? You know, how to protect yourself? And then I also get to help entrepreneurs, which is the fun part, because people come to me with the exciting stuff like I'm ready to start a new venture right. rather than I've gotten into trouble and right, now right. I need help. Mm -hmm. right. So that's how I got into it. And that is why I'm still doing it because I love it so much. So being from California, right, from L.A. area, Pasadena area, mm -hmm. how did you how did you choose Dillard out of all those places? You got Stanford, yeah. you got UCLA, USC, no yeah, HBCUs South. on the you West Coast. South, like <laughs> All the way south. Okay, so y'all don't judge me. But no like judgment. so when I was in high school, I really liked the movie ATL. And you know, okay. Nunu was gonna go to Spelman. And so I was like, Oh, I'm Nunu, gonna go to Spelman hey. and be like Nunu. You're telling your age, but okay. It was like why they call it why they call her Nunu? Because she had the new new. Hey. <laughs> Lord, yeah. So I did a I did a program at Spelman and I was like, you know what? I like the HBCU field, but Spelman is not for me. And so um, there is a HBCU expo that travels across the United States. When mm -hmm. they came to Los Angeles, I went. And there are HBCUs who let you apply on the spot. You don't pay the application fees, SAT fees, or anything like that. And I got accepted to Dillard. Okay. Got accepted to a few other HBCUs. But I ultimately just, like, prayed on it. And God, like, sent me to Dillard. And I loved it. Like, I wouldn't be, you know, here where I am now if it wasn't for Dillard. And you came. It you chose left. you. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. left, you left New Orleans and came to Houston. So I don't want to ask you your age, but. What 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 uh, era were you in? Like what in the nineties, two thousands? Oh, okay. So I'm twenty seven. It's okay. I'm a nineties. Oh, you young. Baby. You young. Okay. I was gonna yeah. say some juvenile lyrics, but you you don't know about that. <laughs> She's a baby. Okay. So let me ask you this: copyright, patent, and trademark. The difference between the three. It's the same thing. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. That's the misconception, though. Everyone right. thinks they're the same thing. And so they come to me and they're like, hey, I need to get my logo patented. And I'm like, let's use this as a teaching moment. I right. don't mind teaching, right? Okay. So these are all different forms of intellectual property. Their whole goal is to protect what it is that you're growing, what it is that you're building. Okay. So start with copyright. I like to say copyright starts with a C. C is used for creating. Creation, creatives. It's going to protect your creative nature, right? So any scripts um, that you may use for a play or a movie, the actual movie itself, um, song lyrics, right? Someone has to write the lyrics. And then the actual song production, when it has all the music to it, um, things like that. Beats, you can protect beats. Okay. Um, things like this, like a, a podcast, this mm -hmm. is an actual creative you know, production. You know, you can copyright the actual audio that we're creating. So copyright is used to protect the creative nature of something. Okay. A trademark is going to be used to protect your brand. 
Um, the most common things that you will trademark is a um, business name, mm-hmm. a business logo, and a business slogan. So we're looking at protecting how people um, mm. relate what it is they see to the actual product we offer. So we look at Nike, right? Like I have a pair of Nikes on. We see a check mark on the side of a shoe. We're like, that's just a pair of Nikes. That's a Nike, right. right. So then just do it. That's their slogan. They've protected their slogan. They've protected their logo, which is the swoosh sign, and they've protected their business name, which is Nike. Well, they have a couple uh, trademarks, though. Yeah, they Each also athlete. trademark their product, uh, their actual product. So Air Force Ones, trademark. Air Max, trademark, right? right? So you can also trademark your product names. Right, mm. okay, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I never, because when you have campaigns, you know, they have different athletes that have different campaigns, and they have a slogan behind it. So those slogans are trademarked. Probably so. I, I know for sure the three I named are, but I know that like Mac Makeup, when they do different lines, they've done the Aaliyah line, Selena line, they trademark those lines. So like, what's the girl? Cardi B. She trademarked a cur or whatever with oh. Pepsi. So you can like <laughs> trademark phrases. What is it? You can trademark phrases. Yeah, that cur whatever thing. Like So to trademark that or to get a copyright. And what was the other one you said? Patent. Well, I know what a patent is. But so, like, what what does that do? What does that mean? No one can use it. No one can reprint it. What does that mean? That's a great question because that's another misconception, right? Mm-hmm. How exactly does it protect me? So when you have a trademark, it means that no one else in the 50 states in the United States of America can utilize this name, this logo, this phrase, whatever it is you're trademarking for the same or similar services or products that you offer. Okay. Going back to the Nike example, I could use the word Nike to sell tires, right? People mm-hmm. don't know Nike for selling tires. They know them for selling, you know, sportswear, tennis mm. shoes, clothing. Right. So it's really um, an exclusive right, not a broad right. So, so you could do a Nike tire. There's really nothing to right. do. Mm-hmm. But well, it's, it can't be associated with tennis shoes, though. Right. You could so, put the swoosh on the tire. Correct. So when you, you call it a Nike. When you okay. trademark, you have to select categories as to what you want the trademark to apply to. So I got you. If Nike decides to come out with a tire line, they have to go to the category for that. Their main categories are what we've already discussed, which are sportswear, clothing, things like Shoes, that. Hats, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Yeah, because that's interesting. Because all right, so because you have vocabulary in every, they have what over two hundred and forty six different types of languages, right? And you have different words in each language. So it's, I was trying to say how how can you protect a word. And it's going to be used universal. So we can use the example of Dove, right? We know mm-hmm. Dove soap. Okay. Well, there's also a brand called Dove Chocolate. Mm. They both have Dove trademark, but they're in two completely different categories. So it's a category. I got mm-hmm. you. One is in the, the candy, genre. One is it's in the, the category. Got yeah, okay. Yeah, one's okay. for food. The other is for like you know um, what they call cosmetic right. uh, uses. Right. So that's like uh, Johnson and Johnson. No, but so Johnson and Johnson they specialize in a lot of things. They like, have to trademark for every single class and category that they have. Okay, I in. got you. So you can use the same name, but you have to do it for each mm-hmm. category. So let's go back to this. Uh, you heard you, you you named a term that uh, a lot of people been hearing in these couple of past years: intellectual property. What is intellectual property? It's a fancy word for a trademark, a patent, okay. or a copyright. There's like all these big words like, what does all this mean? It looks good on paper. Mm-hmm. Right. So intellectual property um, is, you know, what is you, is what you're trying to protect. So your intellectual property could be your brand name. It could be your logo. It could be your, your beat. You know, it's a form of property. It's not like a solid piece of property like land or something. 
So it's intellectual property because it's not necessarily tangible, right? But it's still property that belongs to someone. Someone created it. Someone Mm -hmm. owns it. So how can that be proven? Like when you say property, okay, if I say property, the the term property, the first thing I'm going to think about is land, physical Mm -hmm. land. Something you can touch. Something tangible. tangible, Something tangible you can touch. But when you think about intellectual, the first thing you think about is something that's intangible, something that comes on in your mind, Mm -hmm. right? So as the children say, respect my top going to put some respect <laughs> on my thoughts. You're going to put some respect <laughs> on my creativity. It's right, right. basically what it is. So how, I'm, cause I'm still trying to figure out, because not just me, but the people that's listening, how can you protect something that you just think about? Like I can have a thought or a dream. and mm. So we I, can't necessarily protect ideas, right? So okay. when you go to file a copyright application, you, okay. have, to sh- you have to submit the proof. So if, if I have clients, we're submitting a book to be copyrighted, we actually have to send in the book. You can't just say, I'm protecting the idea to, to create this book with this name. I got Same you. with when, um, and I have to also tell, they have to say, did they actually create this? Did someone else help them, right? So when we're working on copywriting an actual, um, vis- uh, like a video or something, anyone who helped with editing, sound, lighting, you have to give them credit, right? They're part of it. That comes up on the copyright application. Right. Did you do all these items or did someone else help you? When you go to file your trademark application, you have to submit proof how you're actually using it. And then you have to attest that you are the true owner of this because it's against federal law to try to trademark something you don't actually own. Uh, okay. But, so I have yeah. a question. So when we talk about that and and what I do in moonlighting in other areas. So, like, if you go to someone to get a cake made, cookies or whatever, how mm-hmm. they'll say it's trademark infringement, like they won't use the Tiffany colors or that. You know, like Disney, we have um, certain places when you go, like, say, to Sam's or Walmart or whatever to get a cake made. They'll mm-hmm. say they can only do certain things because of the copyright. Like, how do you, or if a person is a baker or a creative or artist or whatever, how, like, what is the law that's being broken if someone recreates a picture for someone or creates a cake based mm-hmm. on Tiana, the Disney character? Like, what? Yeah. how does that cross over? What does so, that come in? You know, we talked about trademark being applied to these certain classes or categories. Copyright, on the other hand, protects you just generally. No okay. one else can use what I have copyrighted for profit. For profitable For use. profit, okay. So if they're selling you cookies and they're then putting it, you know, the Tiffany logos on there or whatever have you. They're or making profit off they're of They're making my profit, yeah. Okay. I got okay. you. So got so if you see, I'm not I'm not throwing shade on nobody, but so like you have these design cake makers and they got to say Hennessy. The Hennessy bottle's on top. That's, is that copyright infringement? Well, they haven't recreated anything. They're using that the real product. So if they make a Hennessy bottle out of like a cake. fondant. Are out of cake, and it's just in the shape of a Hennessy bottle. Well, that goes back to copywriting. So you, you creative things is what you can copyright. Okay. okay. A bottle of Hennessy is not anything creative. If we want to then talk about maybe they copyrighted the design label or something, right. then we would need to search copyright records or see if it's actually copyrighted. But the actual bottle itself is, is not copyrighted. Because anybody can use that shape of bottle and put whatever mm-hmm. label But when you're talking it. about a photo of, like, Princess Tiana or something, those are things that Disney has probably, because Disney protect everything right. right they probably copyrighted that so what what is the process of me going to going through the process if i wanted to get something trademarked what do i do i don't even know where to go 
website. So uh, <laughs> come to Miss Banks. <laughs> um, so I'll say this: you know, you want to you want to do research right before okay. you, before you even talk to someone because you want to try to understand what it is you're getting yourself into. You want to make sure that you're being charged a reasonable rate. Okay. You want to make sure that whoever you're utilizing for your services is reputable. Um, so I would say, you know, start with. I don't. I have no problem with starting with Google for research for basic right. research. But when you go as far as for a trademark, at least trying to file it yourself, it's like going to court to represent yourself against mm. a prosecutor. Right. It's, right. It's hard. The trademark office, they have attorneys reviewing your trademark application. Okay. So <laughs> think yeah. about it that way. Would you go to court and represent yourself against the prosecutor? On the other hand, as far as we're talking about LLCs or corporations, you know. I'm going there next. I'm if, going there if next. If people are short on money, because a lot of my clients are going to be small businesses and entrepreneurs, you know, and we're trying to prioritize what legal needs, you know, are going to be top priority, I will tell them up front, if we need to trademark into the LLC and they really can't afford it, file the LLC yourself. The okay. LLC application is very straightforward. You know, here are the main roles that you'll need to assign. L hire me for the trademark. Because okay. ultimately, that is that needs to be performed by an attorney because you're going against another attorney when you submit it. Because the LLC is just identifying the name, correct? It's making the sure name, the who name, owns who the company. owns it, that type of thing. And mm -hmm. so I just did one for the state of Texas. And so, well, it, it limited at least to the state of Texas. And so if it crossed over, someone already had that name. It was like it kept sending me back, no, this is taken, this is taken, this is taken. Until we got to one where it wasn't. It's like, okay, this one is free and clear. For that, but mm -hmm. that's just an LLC, and that's mm -hmm. just local to Texas. Mm -hmm. So, is there a separate application or something that needs to be done differently for nationwide? If you want to protect that business name, so you're absolutely right in the example you gave, right? So it's only protected in Texas. It's only protected in Texas. Okay. If you know, I file, a, you know, um, a trademark. I mean, not a trademark. I'm sorry. If I file an LLC, LLC in the state of Texas, mm -hmm. you know, no one else in the state of Texas can file a company with that same name. However, that doesn't protect you nationwide. Right. That's what a trademark does. A trademark says, hey, no one else in the rest of the 50 states, you know, can mm. utilize this name for um, for a business. Now, what people don't know is that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when you file an LLC with your state, though, your state is only checking state records. Mm -hmm. They're not checking trademark records. It has happened before where okay. people have filed LLCs in their state and that name was actually trademarked by somebody else in a different state. The state's only checking their state records. So then what right. happens if it's already taken? You can't trademark it, so you're limited to just being in your state so, at that point. And you okay. hope that whoever has trademarked that name, one, that they're they're using it for a different class or category, so it won't affect you. Um, but if you are using it for, like, the same type of they sale, can of come and stop they can send you a cease and desist letter or possibly, you know, do trademark infringement suit. Right. So the person who gets to the trademark first wins, basically. Okay, so because trademark is a national thing. Right. LLC is so I didn't know that because I had a I had an LLC of like twenty years, but I had it in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. But when I moved to Texas, I didn't realize that I was I've been using that LLC forever, but I didn't know I thought that carried over, mm -hmm. but it doesn't. Oh, you told me oh. something, so I need to apply in Texas. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's with the same name. So that's another thing is that if the law can. says well, well if you can right if they still, yeah right if the name is still available if it's available. Right. But what the law says is that you need to register um, in every state that you intend to conduct business in. The cool thing about Texas and Louisiana is they both allow for conversion of, of LLCs. Okay. Um, so you have two options. You can either file as a foreign entity in the state of Texas and still have your main LLC in the state of Louisiana, or you can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be in Texas full-time. I'm going to convert my Louisiana LLC 
to a Texas LLC. And that way you can hold on to that length of time, that 20-year time period, yeah. hold on to the business credit life history yeah, you've built DMV up, and, all that and stuff, you're just yeah. transferring it over to the other state. Okay, I didn't so, know that. It, not all states allow it, but Texas and Louisiana do. Because they're reciprocity. It's a, right. It's yeah, okay. some reciprocity. reciprocity. So that's state. good. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. LLC versus S-Corp. A lot of my friends that have a lot of money, they have S-Corps. Okay. What is an S-Corp? That's what I'm... So, <laughs> they have S-Corps. So... You're we, bringing up so many great points. So, <laughs> I love that you said an LLC versus an S-Corp. Um, LLC versus S-Corp, right? Mm-hmm. A misconception is that an S-Corporation is a different form of a business structure. And it's not. S-Corporation is actually a way that you can tax your entity. Um, you can have a corporation that's taxed as an S-Corp. Or you can have an LLC that's taxed as an S-Corp. S-Corp is um, abbreviation or short for a small corporation. And it's the way that your entity is taxed. I can have an LLC that's taxed as a small corporation as long as there are two or more managing members over the LLC. To have an Mm S-Corp. To be taxed as an S-Corp. And what it allows for is it allows for a certain amount of tax benefits, which I won't get into those because it borders the, you know, accounting attorney line. Um, But I will say this. One, it's important to know that you have to have two or more members in order to qualify for S-Corp tax status. And the second is that, you know, most CPAs really don't recommend that you try to apply for S-Corporation tax status until your business can pay you a salary of $40,000 a year or more and then still have money for your business. For one person or both? Birth entities that you... For for both. Both, okay. Yeah. Collectively, so like 8, Collectively. 000. Oh, collectively, yeah. okay. So it's more of a... And let me ask you this, because I always thought that S-Corp is more of a protected... Entities, say for instance, oh, I have a corporation, I have 10 employees, right? Or 10 members that's part of this, this corp. Uh, if we go, say, bankrupt or something happens, I can get rid of a member of that entity and still have that same S-Corp versus the LLC. When I, If I go bankrupt, I got to bankrupt that whole LLC. Is that correct or is that? Uh, you see what I'm saying? So if we had, say if we had, uh, I've never heard of it. I'll say that. Uh, what okay. it is you're explaining. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Maybe, you know, I just haven't come to that point in my career yet okay. where I've had experience it, but I've never heard of that, you know, okay. because when we're talking about a, as a collective, if the the company or the corporation bankrupts, that's something that has to be voted on by whether a it's member. I mean, members. all the members. That's right. And for a corporation, all the shareholders and directors. So I'm not understanding how, you know, maybe it's, like I said, maybe I haven't come to it, but just from if I'm looking just at what the law says, right? I it doesn't necessarily add up to me. So I was looking at it because the S corp you got to have in order Remember, to be successful. S corp is a, a form of the way that your entity is taxed, not necessarily the structure of it. So it's the tax. Okay, it's tax purposes. Tax purpose. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Next question. <laughs> I got so many of them, right? So many of them. DBA versus LLC versus EIN. Okay, so let's kind of just define what everything is, (laughs) right? right? DBA first. So DBA, you probably hear it a lot, right? Usually it's like, oh, my cousin has a DBA, so I'm going to get a DBA. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what it is. DBA stands for doing business as. Okay. I like to say it's just like putting on a name tag to let the state or the county know, hey, I'm going to use this name to do business, right? Like when I'm doing business, I'm going to put on this name tag. I work for so-and-so. 
but it's it's not a business structure. It's right. literally it's just a name. it's a just name. a name. I'm mm-hmm. just using this name to do business. An LLC is a business structure that is registered with the state mm-hmm. that comes with liability protection for its owners, right? Tax benefits when you go to submit your taxes. Um, it comes with benefits of being a business structure. A DBA is not that. Okay. Um, a EIN stands for Employer Identification Number. This is applied for with the IRS, the Internal Revenue Services, and I like to think of it as your business's social security number. Mm-hmm. You'll use it when you open up a business bank account, take out a business line of credit, apply for a business loan, things like that. Do your taxes. Um, it is required to open up your business bank account. So mm-hmm. um, people will file the LLC and they're like, I'm done. I filed the LLC. No. Next step is to get the EIN because you need to open up a bank, a bank account for your business. You right. need to separate your personal and your business right. finances in order to um, obtain that liability protection that's offered to the and owners. And to get loans. To get loans as well. And yeah. line of credit. And the line of credit, right. right. So you guys are on it, right? Like, y'all could have just, I could have just sat back right in the building. They don't believe us. They I don't, don't know nothing. Us. I don't know right, nothing, okay? Either. I had to bring that professional on, okay? <laughs> I know even less, so. So, okay. yeah, so that's the main difference. Um, a misconception is that if you have a DBA, your name is protected. Mm-mm. And I hope that one thing you guys have taken away is that you need a trademark to protect your name. A DBA won't do it. Okay. Even, like, a, in your state, the LLC will at least protect you in your state. A DBA doesn't even do that. Right. It's just a name. It's just a name. Underneath your LLC. It can be underneath your LLC, or you can own it yourself as an individual. Right. So what's the purpose of a DBA? To let the state know that you're using this name to conduct business. But, 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 business but as this. I'm looking at it from, all right, so if, say if I have a, a say, culturally distinct LLC, mm-hmm. right, and underneath it I'm operating a microphone one, two, three, mm-hmm. DBA, right? Say if a uh, microphone one, two, three goes out of business, isn't that will that affect that will affect culturally distinct, right? Well, you've just told me that you have a DBA for a microphone one, two, three. That's not a business, so just what's a going name. It's just a name, okay? Yeah, it's just a name. So I'm saying, that what's the purpose of a DBA then? So um, the whole purpose of a DBA is because dates found that people were kind of just using these fictitious names and conducting business, and then it would go away. And the person who was, like, now out of money or looking for right. a company or entity that who uh, helped them, there was no, there's no history. So right. states then said, okay, if you're going to use a name to do business, you need to at least let us know so that if something like that happens, mm-hmm. we at least know who that name was connected to. I got you. And if you have to go over after them legally, we can at least connect the dots as to who had that name. I got you. Okay, cool. Another question. I got so many of them. Of Brand course. versus business. Because a lot of people say their business is their brand, but that's not necessarily true. No. So what's the definition of a brand and the definition of a business? Yeah. So a business is the actual structure that's registered with the state, right? Am I LLC? Am I a corporation? Um, When we think about going back to the Nike example, Nike Incorporated, like that's I like to use this. That's the actual building with the CEOs and the people who are brainstorming about all these ideas. That's the business. Mm -hmm. The brand is the story that they're telling. Just do Mm. it right. We see the Colin Kaepernick face with the black and white and the story behind it. The brand is the story that you're selling to your consumers to get them to buy your product. It's your marketing. So Branding that's your marketing. brand. It's how people are relating what your business is selling. Your business is is selling something, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the actual legal structure. Mm-hmm. Can you LLC your brand? You can trademark your brand name, your logo, <laughs> but you can't Colors. LLC your brand. Just no. your, just your business. So I'll use this example, Nabisco, for example, right? 
Nabisco is a company that sells crackers, cookies, yeah. you know, Oreos, right? I think um, Chips Ahoy may be by Nabisco as well. Oreos and Nabisco are not companies. Uh-uh. Those are arms of their brand. Okay. But the company, the business is Nabisco. The brand that they have, part of that will be the Oreos, the Chips Ahoy, things like that. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. So, infringing. Infringement. The first time I heard this term, I was on, I was looking at uh, American Gangster, right? <laughs> and uh, Denzel Washington <laughs> told the guy, he said, uh, the guy was telling him, he said, uh, copyright, infringement. I don't like these words, Frank. Because <laughs> he was he was copying his brand, but he was adding something to the brand to make it his. Mm-hmm. What is that called? So... Infringement, I guess I'll start with the definition of infringement. Okay. Infringement is when you are imposing on someone's rights, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you will hear the term, you're infringing on my rights, you're right. trademark infringement. If you um, are guilty of trademark infringement, you are imposing on someone's right that they hold, right? You're, you're, you're taking advantage of it. You're using it in a way that you shouldn't be using it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about copyright infringement or trademark infringement, that means that I have protected something, right, or I have maybe built a brand around something, and you're now trying to capitalize off of what I've built. And so what, what you're talking about is, like, um, I think this guy was, like, trying to, like, spin off of whatever he was, the drugs he was selling yes. or something like that. It was blue magic, but he made it red magic. Mm-hmm. He just added something to it to make it red. It's the same thing. But because just, and the whole point is that when I hear that magic related to it and it's the same product, I may not remember which color it was that they said was the good stuff. Was right. it blue? Was it red? red? Right. And now you're able to capitalize off of the brand that I have built yes. because the names are so similar. Right. So how do you protect that? The trademark. So trademark doesn't just protect the exact spelling of the name. It protects anything that's similar to it. So say um, that, you know, Beyonce, that, that's trademark, that name. And I was like, well, I want to sing, right? Oh, the name um, tra- Beyonce is trademark? It's trademark. So oh, what wow. about all the people who name their children okay. Beyonce? They don't have a trademark, and they're not capitalizing off oh, of it for singing oh. purposes. Yeah, yeah, so she has a trademark, I think, for, like, entertainment services or something like that. And I was like, you know what? My stage name is going to be Fiance, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to trademark <laughs> it, right? And Beyonce. I'm not going to spell it like Beyonce. I'm going to spell it like, you know, someone who has a ring on the finger like Fiance, but I'm going right. to do it for uh, entertainment services, the same thing she does. That's possible, right? No. Trademark office is going to say, no, that's too closely related. To Beyonce for the oh, same wow. services, you're trying to capitalize off of what she has. She's really? built the brand the around the name category. Beyonce. Because of the way it for, sounds. For but even if you say services. Fiance and you spell it like Fiance actually with And the that's going to be my singing name. That sounds too close to Oh, because to you're Beyonce. singing. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. So it's the same category. So I got a, I got a story about copyright infringement. The first time I, I, uh, <laughs> I shot the podcast, right, um, I put it up. I had music behind it. Right, not knowing. So you know, during the time when the pandemic first hit, and uh, everybody was DJing and you know with other people's music, mm-hmm. and then everybody started getting paused or stopped by Facebook or Instagram. So I was like, okay, that's I understand that because they're using the actual songs. But uh, one of the podcasts I had like 15 seconds of a Drake song, right? I, I it was at the very beginning of the podcast, and uh, I shot the podcast. So I had to put it up on, you know, YouTube and everything. Maybe about 48 hours later, I got a letter on Universal Music. Cease and desist. <laughs> I said, what's going on? They said, please take this video down or we, our law team will contact you for lawsuits for X, Y, and Z. And they showed the, 
the amount of music that I placed for that. I was like, oh my goodness. That's why I learned about copyright. I was like, wow, this is a real thing. Oh, and that's why when people make videos on social media, they have to put the tag, I do not own the rights to this Not even music. that. I think I'm that, just saying, but that, I think that's where it came about with Facebook. Yeah. I started noticing people doing that. I think they got to own the music. That even that even doesn't help. You got to own the music. And even though you put it, that yeah. in there, you got to own the music. Well, they leave the videos up so, on social media when people give, put that. Uh, this example, right? So my Instagram page is, you know, with Instagram, you can have a personal page. You can deem it to be a business page. Right. I have a business page. What I realized is that when I switched to the business page, you know those cute little music sounds you can put behind, like, your stories? Right. All that's gone for, like, mainstream music. I have, like, random, like, Uncle Bob music on there that I get to right. choose from. Like, I've never heard of anything on there, but that's the whole reason, right? If you're a business, you're utilizing Instagram, you're utilizing your platform mm -hmm. for profit. So yes. you, that means you can't be using these sounds for profit. So they just took them off of business pages for Instagram. So they don't even, let, so like, we're not going to entertain team it. sitting somewhere figuring that oh, yeah, out to absolutely. protect themselves. I think this pandemic helped a lot of people out learn the law, some, some, some stuff with the law. Uh, let me ask you this: How many? What's the limit per person for as LLCs? Is is it unlimited or yeah, it's is unlimited? It, okay, mm -hmm. okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was like ten per entity or whatnot. When I say entity, a person. Oh no, no, no! There's no limit on how many LLCs you can have or companies you can own. But it's it's a certain amount that you could go bankrupt. No, not what really. No, as long as you do not everything really. that you need to do That's to uphold. Right. You know, a lot of celebrities have like. A million Tons. of them. <laughs> right. That's what I was about to say. If the category changes or the area or the genre, <laughs> like you say, the category they're entertaining under or whatever, does you have to have a different one for all of those. I'm for saying. trademarks, so for like yes. In, for trademarks, but not LLC. No. Okay. But, you know, as an attorney, you know, for people who are going to be like doing, I'm going to do hair, Everything. I'm going to do a catering business, and I'm going to have a lip gloss line all into one LLC, my main concern is that now your liability is all mixed. Under one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can absolutely do as much as you want with the LLC because in your operating agreement, which you should have, it should say, you let's know, you can utilize that. it for yeah, every legal that. purpose, <laughs> but now your your liability is all mixed together. So if the catering business, you know, God forbid, five people get sick, mm -hmm. they're like, you need to pay our hospital expenses because we got sick. They're going to come after the, the business itself and everything it owns. Your business owns three different Types of so they get lip gloss money, they get, get hair everything. money, all of that. So operating agreement, what is that? So an operating agreement is basically the rules and regulations for your LLC. For corporations, we pretty much heard of like bylaws for a corporation. Mm -hmm. This is the equivalent for LLC. It's called an operating agreement. It's going to outline who owns it. It's going to outline, you know, do you have investors? It's going to outline the most important thing, which is called indemnification. And that's the liability protection that your LLC offers its owners. Um, and what I found is that for people who utilize like LegalZoom or um, I don't, some of these other companies, they I, don't offer uh, it. They they do offer it, but it's very straightforward. And so I actually had a conflict with someone who they filed through LegalZoom, right? They utilize this contract. When I went to go look at it, they're trying to say, oh, we want to use the operating agreement to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. It didn't go into detail as far as the the liability protection that it offered. So now we just have to go off of what state law says because your operating agreement didn't really offer you any protection. State law offers the bare minimum. Yes, mm. it says, you know, you're protected, but only in a certain capacities, um, which means, and I'll give this example, if your actions are found to be negligent, which means that 
you know, you should have known that you shouldn't have been doing this, but you still chose to do it. So it's like negligence. Mm -hmm. okay. Then you don't have liability protection. Well, you could put in your operating agreement that even negligent acts are covered through the liability protection that the LLC offers. And an operating agreement is needed whether it's one person or five people. Correct. Regardless, you need an operating Correct. agreement. Okay. So now when you file the LLC, that's another, that's a separate part. Mm -hmm. So the operating agreement is not filed anywhere. It's mm -hmm. actually kept for your own records, for your own keeping. Texas is not one of the states that requires it, but there are quite a few states in the United States that it says in their law it's mandatory that you have an operating, operating agreement, agreement for your company. So if, if, if Marina was to open a business today, mm -hmm. right, say you had T-shirts, black V-neck T-shirts, right, what process? Start from the beginning to the end. Well, the law says if I'm going to profit, right, that I need to notify the state. More so because the state wants their share, their cut, or whatever it. it is you're making. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to file the t-shirt business for Freshest Tees in the Game LLC in the state of Texas, right? Um, and then one thing that I might do is I have these these nice logos, these nice sayings that I put on my shirts. I may go ahead and trademark those different sayings that I put on my shirts Okay. Um, in order to protect it. You know, then I'll... Not then, but that's something I will do. But I'll say after I file the LLC, the next step is to get my EIN with the IRS. Right. After I get the EIN, I get an operating agreement. I sign the operating agreement. Next step is I make an appointment with my bank to open up a business bank account. Mm. You'll find that some banks will actually ask you, do you have an operating agreement or they want to see what the operating agree agreement says to make sure that you've been granted the permission or you're someone who has authority to open up the business bank account. Um, and then when I'm entering into any contracts with vendors, you know, say I, you know, want to purchase like 500 t-shirts up front and then I want to continue to do business with this person where they send me another 500 black V-necks in various sizes every other month for two years. So we're going to enter into a contract. Okay. My contract needs to state, you know, freshest tees in the game, LLC and not Marina. Right. Right. I right. need to make sure that my LLC is the party entering into the contract. Another uh, way that small businesses get mixed up, they put their, their Dang. name. You don't do that right. because that looks like that you're doing the business instead of your LLC. Then when I go to sign the bottom of the contract, I'm going to sign Marina, comma, CEO, you know, freshest tees in the game, LLC. I, got you. I need to put or I need to let the, the other party know what my relation is to the LLC instead mm -hmm. of just signing it on my own behalf. You forgot one thing. After you do all that, you forgot one thing. Did I apply for that PPP? <laughs> Stop it. So... <laughs> What is, and the other part that a lot of people don't realize and can get discouraging is the financial cost. Um, what is the range, if there's a range, of finances, finances so, for LLC, DBA, um, well, EIN is free, but, you know, the trademark, copyright, all yeah. of that. What is the financial So when we're looking at LLC, we're looking at uh, the state. What is the state charge for the filing fee? Every state has a different cost. In Texas, it's 300 yeah. We go over to Louisiana, it's 100 mm -hmm. We go to California, it's 75 So each state has a different filing fee. Now, if you're, that's, you know, you just worry about the filing fee if you're going to do it yourself. If you're going to hire someone, you can shop around for pricing. And I literally go to Google, right? So sometimes I have people who are just like, well, you know, I can find this cheaper. I can go here. I'll send them a screenshot of Google. What is the average price <laughs> that I will pay for this what service? What would be the benefit of why would some, if you could go online and do it yourself for 300 why would a person need to seek out a marina to do that? One, because they don't necessarily understand what it is that they're they're doing, right? I may know, I could just put a name and an address here, but I don't know what each of these roles means, right. legally speaking. 
Um, I don't know that I need an operating agreement afterwards. You'll be surprised at the amount of people who pay me just to explain what LegalZoom did for them. Wow. Mm. I literally just had people book meetings with me to explain what these documents are that LegalZoom gave them because they're under, they're starting to get to a point where they're like, okay, well, I have these papers, but someone's asking for this and I don't even know if I have it. Is there a certain amount of money or is there a certain amount the business is worth that should require certain things? So if it's just a little startup business, can they do it on their own? But if it's a business that's starting, they have a million dollars in assets. So what, is there a certain range that will require a person to seek you out versus doing it on their own? Is it just understanding? What do you recommend? Uh, for LLCs, I honestly recommend getting an attorney to help you. Mm -hmm. If your concern is finances, right? For me, I, I know that that's a concern. So I even like created a how-to guide so that okay. my clients who can't necessarily afford my services to file the LLC could at least purchase a how-to guide for $50. Like, that's I got it. You. But the whole goal is that I want you to understand what you're doing. And that's why it's really recommended that you seek a professional because even though the application, like I could fill out an application, it's easy. I may not necessarily understand the implications that come with that. I don't necessarily understand what offices is going to and what I may need to do afterwards. Whereas when you seek out a professional, they can explain those things to you. Right, right. I got you. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, your last question. Um, inspirations. You're a smart woman. And you're very knowledgeable. What inspires you? Honestly, one is going to be God. Like, I told you about, like, uh, my, yeah. my alarm. Like, no, that's, like, really it. Um, James 1? Uh, James 1, <laughs> that was in my bio. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. But, like, you know, I can honestly set goals for myself when I pray and when I can just take time to meditate. Whatever that goal is will multiply beyond what I ever even imagined it okay. would do. Okay. You know, I knew I wanted to go to, to college. I never imagined that I would get invited to the White House to get honored as being a top HBCU student. Oh, dope. I knew that I wanted to, to help people, but I never imagined that I was going to start my own firm and be successful and do it full time. Mm -hmm. So my point in saying that is not to be cocky or um, in any sort of way, but to really help you understand that any goal that I have set, it has far exceeded any expectation right. that I could have possibly put on it simply because my faith in God. And I think that is my biggest inspiration for my success and where my success comes from. Um, I think that also, you know, being able to be surrounded by other women, and it's not even personally, it's really through social media, but seeing other women being able to run successful law firms and making it on their own, being moms, being mm. wives and business owners yeah. is like truly inspiring. And it really makes me be like, okay, I can do this, right? Like some days where I'm like so overwhelmed or so swamped. Like you texted me yesterday about some stuff. I was like, I'm so sorry. I right. got it for you right here though. <laughs> but like, you know, being able to then see them leave their, their, um, their job, right? Their business and then go to gymnastics practice with their child. Like, I'm like, okay, look, I don't have kids yet, but if they can do it and have kids, then right. I know that I can get up and do whatever I need to do right now. Because yeah. that's been, like, last couple of weeks, well, I'll say a month. Like, I've done manifestations before in the past, written things down, put them in my Bible. And so here, a couple of months ago, I did the same thing. Well, I went to put the new list in the Bible, and the old one was there. And when I opened it up, I was like, oh, my God. Like, everything had been met. Like, just, it, is, it was done. And so I put the new list in, and... I was telling Bay, I was like telling Michelle, I was like, um, I think I'm about to go pull my list out because all this stuff is coming at me and I'm like, how am I going to do it? And I was like, you know what? I asked for it. So, you know, we just going to get it done. But yeah. it gets. 
and overwhelming. Yeah, it, it, well it gets frightened writing. a little bit, you know. <laughs> it's like, I ain't mean for it all to come at one time. I should have put a time frame on it. You know, it's a short-term, long-term goal, but yeah. So when I was in my last year of law school, um, I started writing out. It was the beginning of the year. I still had to graduate. I still had to take the bar exam. But what I was writing out was that I was praying that God was going to allow me to pass the bar exam mm-hmm. and be specific with your ass. Mm-hmm. July 2020. Not, not just any choice. bar exam. It's, you cannot okay. give no, God I'm a passing, multiple choice question. Right, I'm passing July right. 2020. I'm getting offered a job at the City of Houston Legal Department, right? And I'm going to graduate law school on time. So uh, by the time I had, you know, finished law school, I'm like, okay, doing the bar exam, doing the bar exam. I'm writing this out constantly through bar prep. After I took the bar exam, my ask then became, not my ask, I should say, my prayer then became, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to pass. Now it takes three months to find out results. Right. But my prayer for those whole three months was thank you. Or I'm thanking you already for right. what I In know advance, you're going to bless right. me with. In advance, right. right? Right. And then I was thanking him for this job that I had not been offered. And during bar prep, he kept telling me, like, don't don't apply for jobs because I had no job. Like, I'm, I'm studying for the bar exam. I have no job after this. And he told me, wait until after you finish the bar exam. So I'm like, okay. And I, I'll admit, I was a little impatient. I was trying to apply during the study. And he was like, no. I walked out of the bar exam the last day, and I had a text message on my phone waiting for me saying, hey, we have this job that we want you to apply for. The exact job that I was writing out that I was going to get. And he told me, wait till after the bar exam. And mm-hmm. I was trying to be impatient. I walked out on the last day, and there was a text on my phone telling me to apply for a position. That you so, wanted. That's how it happens. So the thing is, you know, I didn't want to get spiritual and everything. You know, <laughs> my preaching was gonna come out. Oh Lord! But in the, to what you were saying earlier, seek ye first, and you know the rest, right? The kingdom of God and everything else should be added to you. And then another thing is, favor isn't fair. A lot of people receive it; they don't even they don't even know why they receive it. That's two and three. When when you require something, right, you become responsible for your ask. Right. So the thing is, you're you're not just going to receive. You're going to get an abundance of that. And the thing is, can you handle it? Mm-hmm. So because you ask for it, for at that moment, can you handle it? So a lot of us don't see the future of what we ask. We just right. see that little, that little small, you know. But you know, but I'm happy for you. Thank you. And I appreciate you for coming on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So let me ask you this, uh, Marina. Where can the people find you if they want any uh, some uh, advice, some law help, uh, your office, anything? What can they find you? Handles? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as the Legal Queen. Okay. Um, and then you know that's that's the main thing. If you go to my website, it's thelegalqueen.law. Um, that's pretty much what I go by. It's really easy, short for people to remember. Um, that's where you can find me. I post a lot of informative content, um, which you probably have seen through my Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's not just about, hey, these are the services I offer, but you know what? Here's some information to help you because I may offer a service that you don't even know you need. Or you may be doing something in the wrong way that you can simply improve on and didn't even know that you needed to improve on it. So my goal through social media is to constantly post informative content, which you'll see through my pages. That's dope. That's dope. And I appreciate you coming on, uh, Everybody out there, if you guys have any, I'm pretty sure after this, a lot of people are gonna come the to legal you. Legal Queen trademarked. It is pending trademark I'm a, right I'm a, now. That I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take submitted. that trademark. I'm going to uh, submit it. <laughs> the Queen. To, <laughs> you want to be the Queen? The Legal Queen. It's a guy. Nah, nah. Uh, I'm just not shocked by that at all. <laughs> nah, but I appreciate you, uh, Marina, for coming on. Uh, guys, I, I thank you guys for uh, coming on the show, uh, keeping out the gems that you know Marina gave us. You know, make sure you reach out to her. So she can help us out, not just as 
individuals, but as a people, so we could better ourselves. Uh, right. Guys, this is uh, the Culturally Distinct Podcast. This is your boy, DJ KO. K-Jack is in the building. See you guys later. I love you guys. Peace.